Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew or distill or do other things. So today we're talking RTDs. These are ready-to-drink cocktails, and we're talking with the RTD cocktail program manager at Boardroom Spirits in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, Mike Podligar. Mike, thanks for joining. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited. This is a topic, you know, it's obviously booming. We haven't talked about it before, so you're you're the guy. And, uh, you know, I enjoy your videos watching you guys make your cocktails, but now, you know, we're going to talk about cocktails that come ready to serve. So awesome. Man. Right. Cool. So uh, you're over at Boardroom Spirits in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And what, what, is a, what is an RTD? What is a ready to drink cocktail? Uh, just anything with spirits, obviously, and ready to drink. So you can open it in any sort of vessel and it's literally ready to go. Now, certain drinks, would you say, Hey, pour over ice, you know, or you just yeah. stick in the can? Yeah. And we've, we've kind of explored the versatility a lot with, uh, especially with our bottled RTDs. Uh, you can, you can just pour over ice. That's the easiest way. A lot of the citrus based drinks, you would rather shake it. I would rather shake it personally. That's what a, a bar would usually do. And then you can also, a lot of people like to, to build it, basically just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, top it with club soda or something like that. So there's a lot of different options. When you say shake it, are you putting it in a shaker or are you shaking it right in the can? Well, you should shake the bottle, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about shaking it in a cocktail shaker with ice. That's, that's going to get you the most authentic uh, bar quality experience. Sure. Some, some chips of ice and all that and whatnot. Right. Exactly. Would you consider like seltzers and, and, you know, say like wine, are those considered kind of ready to drink cocktails as well? Well, uh, some, so the big thing, seltzer is just, all that means is uh, it's a bubbly, it's basically just club soda. It's just a family name from New York. They were a, a club soda manufacturer people have begun to, it's like Kleenex, you know? Yeah. People yeah. think of peak the brand. So all that, all a seltzer is, is just club soda. So uh, seltzer was their name? Now there's, right. Huh. So now, now there's a bunch of hard seltzers they're calling them on the market. And that is, there's a big differentiator there because most of the hard seltzers that you see out there, like White Claw and Truly and stuff like that, they're getting their alcohol from a quick fermentation. It's, it's basically just a, a white sugar, sugar yeah. fermentation. You're always going to have off flavors with that. That's an inherently inferior process to obviously distilling the alcohol. So that's where we don't call our drinks seltzers. We call them vodka sodas. But, you know, it's basically a vodka seltzer. You could call it that. It's the same thing. Okay. Uh, but the alcohol content is derived strictly from spirits, which provides an extremely smooth, no off taste, and uh, just a really refreshing drink. 
Yeah. Cause I would say that, you know, a seltzer, you know, a hard, hard club soda type of drink is more, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's basically the process of making beer for the most part, except exactly. instead of grain, you're using the, uh, the white sugar and fermenting that. Okay. Exactly. So I saw you guys do that a little differently, right? You obviously do your cans, but you also sell the whole bottle, right? It's pre-made. I can order this and have mm-hmm. a cocktail party. That's right. So that's what we started out with, uh, right mid-March when everything was getting real crazy. Uh, basically the idea was you're getting exactly what a cocktail bar would put into their shaker or a cocktail bar would, uh, stir or, or what have you but it's it's the fresh squeezed juices and we have an industrial juicer here that we we dump in a case of lemons or a case of limes and it gives us a gallon of juice in just minutes and then we make all our syrups here we we do the same thing a a, a you know prestigious cocktail bar would do we, we take a lot of time in uh perfecting our recipes and we cook up the syrups we mix them up with the citrus juice and various spirits, liqueurs, and you're mm-hmm. getting exactly what you would get at a cocktail bar before they put it in the shaker. And then it's up to you how you want to prepare it. Very cool. Yeah, it kind of takes a lot of the guesswork out. It's really uh, just, again, convenient. So we'll, we'll hit on some of that. So right. we just talked about the what. You know, what are ready-to-drink cocktails? Again, it could be a number of these things, but they're, they're pre-made. They're ready to roll. Um, you know, and this isn't exactly new, you know, they, from the research I've done is that, you know, malt-based beverages, like a Smirnoff ice or a Mike's hard lemonade was often kind of considered that ready to drink, you know, already a mixture. Now it's obviously different. Again, those, sugary, those are, different. those are not, uh, distilled again. Those are sure. more, more just like sugar-based beers, more or less fermentation, but, uh, it actually goes way before that. It actually dates back to the 1890s and maybe even 1880s there's newspaper reports people were experimenting with uh some of the easier ones to bottle and have shelf stable like martinis and manhattans and stuff like that and uh people were surprised to find that they last and they 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 keep their flavor and uh that was actually starting to pick up towards the early 1900s and and it would have been interesting to see where that headed, uh, but unfortunately, the prohibition kind of put the kibosh on that, and uh, we didn't really see anything in that realm of idea until the '60s. Again, wow! So and, it goes almost what, like you know, 70, 80 years, and just kind of forgotten about. More or less, uh, you know, the prohibition obviously shook up a lot of the industry. Um, and and people have been going going forward with this in, in places like Europe, and you you can see in Europe, uh, especially like in England, the amount of canned gin and tonics is through the roof, and they didn't have that uh, that interruption like we did in this country. But uh, quickly in the in the nineteen sixties, uh, things started kind of giving way to more more uh maybe less creative and just and at this point big industry had had a firm grasp so you're not going to have the quality that you get from like a craft distillery like us so like jack daniels came out with some canned cocktails in the 60s and stuff but that pretty much gave way to light beer 
wine spritzers, you know, like your Zima type stuff like that. And it really wasn't until the cocktail revolution of the early 2000s that we started getting the idea to bring these back. So it was inevitable, really. That's pretty sweet. I didn't know about some of that stuff there. So thank you. Uh, You know, what I've been seeing, right, was, you know, in the UK, it's, it's been big. And, you know, the growth in the UK is about you know, two and a half times greater than that of the U.S. And that was in uh, about four years ago in 2016. And, you know, coming around full circle, you know, pandemic, it looked like, you know, the U.S. We're starting to see, they said a 90% year over year growth uh, for canned cocktails. And before COVID hit, it was just 21%. So looks like we have, you know, it's shifted. We're home. It's convenient. We can order. It can be delivered, that sort of thing. And, and, you know, they're, they're saying we're looking at, you know, $146 billion industry by 2030. It's huge. And a lot of those numbers uh, are a little bit inflated because they include what we were talking about, the hard seltzers, which okay. I really don't consider a, a canned cocktail. But including those, um, we're set to overpass beer in, in the next, some people say even in the next year, which is crazy to think about. But uh, even even without the seltzers, the the authentic distilled spirits canned cocktails are absolutely booming and and really making a making a stage on on uh, in in wine and spirits and a lot of e e commerce is getting huge with that and uh, people are finding their way. Yeah, looks like you know South Asia, Oceania, West uh, West Europe. And, and all of Asia, just absolute booming over there. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're kind of behind that. Do, is there, do you think that the reason why the U.S. is a little bit behind on that is just because of the prohibition? And they've, you know, over in Europe, they, that, they didn't have that lull, so? A hundred percent. I mean, that, that knocked back all of the independent breweries, all the independent distilleries. It really, uh, you know, it's been a century just to try and, get back to where we could have been. Do you think like somebody here, you know, a a craft brewer distiller from the U S had gone over to Europe and was like, Holy shit, why aren't we doing this back home? You know, definitely. Uh, I mean, all the really, really what we're seeing is, is most of the really quality canned cocktails that have been coming out in the past few years have been basically brainchilds of, of, uh, like really high-end cocktail bars, really successful cocktail bars in, in like New York and Philly and Los Angeles. Yep. And uh, just people just taking it to the next level, getting it, getting it out to people. Awesome. Where else do you see uh, the boom? You know, is it, is it pockets in the U.S.? Is it all the U.S.? I think at this point, it's really all the U.S. Yeah. Uh, the, seltzer, the seltzer craze, I think, has opened people's eyes a lot to alternatives to light beer and with the inherent off flavors, uh, you know, once you try a vodka soda, it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. And what is it about the uh, ready to drink cocktail that, that you feel is, is why that's the next level, why, why it's continuing to boom. What is it about it? I think a big part of it is uh, just quality and, and uh, it's, it goes in line with, with the light beers. You know, people are trying to keep the carbs down, keep the calories down. Yeah. 
vodka is is perfect for that you know at 64 calories per ounce um so that's a huge part of it but at the same time there's also you know high abv cocktails with house-made syrups and stuff and full flavor yeah. really com- really comes into play there yeah so it looks like the studies show it's like hey ready to drink cocktail you know what i gather is Unless you've bartended, you probably don't have all the equipment at home. You're probably not right. good at making a drink. And this is like, hey, I can have a Manhattan. I can have an old fashioned. I can have a Tom Collins Moscow Mule. Like I can have these things at my fingertips. And there's no prep. And there's no, you're not washing 50 dishes and that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, you know, if you come through our drive through here at Boardroom Spirits, you can grab a single bottle that's going to be seven to eight cocktails you go to a party and you're the bartender. <laughs> That's it. What? Nice. And what's the cost on something like that? We're doing most of our bottles, uh, like the citrus based, the more fruity ones are, which are like seven to eight cocktails in a bottle, uh, at 38. And then the boozier ones, like the old fashioned and the Manhattan, those get up to like 12 cocktails per bottle. And those are going for 45. Yeah. I mean, that's what four or $5 a drink. Yeah, it's it's totally, totally uh, affordable, and it makes a lot of sense. People, people might look at the price at first and be kind of confused, but then once you understand everything that goes into that, and if you try to do that at your house, you're going to spend a lot more than that. Yeah, you're going to spend forty five bucks just on the bottle of bourbon or whatever, and then you're exactly. going to go after buy, you know, nine other items. Fifteen dollars of of Angostura bitters, and yeah. then a thing of cherry juice, and then yep. you're going to have to make a syrup. Nobody wants to do that, so no. we take care of all of that. Nice. I've actually been doing that lately. Last week, I made a bunch of. I made my own simple syrup. I got uh, orange Angostura bitters. Uh, nice. I made uh, my first gin fizz. I, I was making all egg white cocktails. Um, That's awesome. You know, trying to master master the uh, the 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 dry shake, you know. Oh yeah, that's important. Yeah, what and you- and you can still do what's cool is you can pair and and we have a video on this actually for one of our summer cocktails. You can use our ready to drink cocktail and then pair that with a very advanced bartending technique like a like an egg white or or make it a flip or something like that which is discussed yeah. in the video. And you're like, you know, completely there as far as a, a bar quality cocktail. You just with, need a you're, only, you're only doing that one extra step. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, you just need a garnish then, right? Throw a piece of fruit on there or something or whatever. Exactly. Nice, man. So like that product, right? I have a, a citrusy drink, you know, in the bottle. Does that have to be consumed within a certain amount of time? Do you, what do you recommend on that? Or once it's opened? Well, so what we realized was that we we differ a little bit from some of the other ready-to-drink cocktails that our cocktails, like I said, are, are what a bartender would put into the shaker. So it's not diluted at all. So it's right. 20, they're usually hovering around 20% ABV. At that point, that's basically a liqueur. Right. And it's, it is preserved. There's nothing that's going to go bad. The only issue is the citrus juice. And that is the biggest issue with canned cocktails and shelf stability. You're never going to get a fresh citrus taste to you know be a year on the shelf you know that's just it's going to taste gross no matter what you do but 
we've found that with the 20 with the 20 percent ABV and our bottling method and, and keeping oxygen out as much as possible we don't really get too much bittering or uh, dropping off of the citrus flavor for about two months that's pretty impressive and we're making we're making we're making the bottles daily we're keeping everything fresh and uh, we've had a lot of success with that so even if you open it up you know in the fridge you got two months to drink eight cocktails. Wow. Which uh, you'll probably do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, just chill, open, and pour seems to be, you know, the millennials as well as, you know, even uh, the folks who like their G&Ts, right? They, that older crowd kind of hits all, all age groups. I'm just like, shit, I don't want to make a mess. I can just pour this into a glass, right? And, exactly. You know, um, tell me about some of your recipes, recipe formulation. I mean, I've had, you know, from the ones I've had, you got what pineapple, ginger, cranberry, lime, and some of them are mixed together, but those are some of the flavors you're working with. Right. And we really try to pack in as much flavor as possible into every single ingredient. So for instance, the, uh, the pineapple vodka, like you said, we're, we have vodka, not tequila, so we're doing a vodka, but we still wanted that those agave notes. So it's actually sweetened with agave nectar. Okay. And then we took it to the next level and we actually infuse orange. We, we take orange zest and infuse that into the agave nectar. And then we're doing all sorts of experimentation with infusing the actual spirits themselves. We're making grapefruit infused spirits, pineapple infused spirits, and, uh, We've really kind of started taking that to the next level recently with a lot of help with our technology on our still from, uh, from Hungarians that we're working with. And they, the Hungarians and Europeans in general, they, like I said, didn't have the prohibition. So they've, they've really been taking this to the next level for the past few decades. And to get their insight into it has been uh, very helpful. How do you come up with recipes? Uh, well, it just dates back to my, my bartending days. Um, excellent, excellent teacher over at Butcher and Barkeep in Harleysville. Really can't find anyone like that, actually. Uh, Cody Ferdinand over there. And, and the whole bar program is fantastic. And the couple of years that I spent there was uh, invaluable, really. How long did you do that? I was at Butcher for two years, I believe. Okay. And is that kind of that speakeasy, a little bit of a just upscale cocktail kind of joint? Yeah. They, uh, so Cody and Gerard, they both came from the Standard Tap down in Philly. Yep. Moved out here to Harleysville and, and kind of just brought that cocktail culture, which, which uh, really took off. And, you know, people, people love it. Yeah. What's the problem? You mentioned, you know, the infusion of, you know, fruits into the vodka. What's the process to infuse? Well, kind of I like a sitting together in time. So we're, what we're starting to do is actually called a vapor infusion. So we have what's called a gin basket. And uh, we actually are able to pack that with fresh botanicals. And then during the distillation process, the vapor passes through these botanicals, captures the oils, and pairs hmm. it right into the spirit. That's pretty cool. Is that instant, or does that take some time? Cutting edge. Instant. Unreal. 
Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Did you have to change the distillery around at all to accommodate this, you know, versus just making your straight spirits or what? We did. We we had some uh, additions to the to the still over the past year and uh, adding new technology all the time. Okay. So yeah, you, you're typically not doing this just with your your standard setup. You, you might have to add a little bit to it or, or rearrange a little bit. That's right. Okay. When I have your spirits, um, well, when I have your canned cocktails, right, they come in a four or six pack, right? Um, mm-hmm. On it, you know, typically when you get a bottle of liquor, it'll say, you know, 80 proof, right? Okay. Your cocktails say, you know, 4% ABV, which is typically what you would see on a malt beverage. So I'm assuming there's some math to be done there to do that conversion. Yeah, there's a lot of math involved in in everything we do, and uh, it just comes down to dilution, really. Okay. So basically, what we try to do is, is give you basically a shot in a 12-ounce uh, can that ends up being about four and a half ounces, or four and a half ABV. Okay. Okay. What else? Uh, so you're packaging these in bottles, you're packaging them in cans. Um, what else do you foresee uh, coming down the pike or, you know, what, what can we be on the lookout for? What I'm really excited about, and, and this is going to still be maybe a year out or so, but I was inspired by European uh, producers with uh, these small aluminum bottles and they're able to fit exactly uh, one cocktail serving. Okay. So we're talking about like three and a half to four ounces. So it's exactly what you would get in a glass and with the uh, totally recyclable packaging and, and it just feels really cool in your hand. Uh, so we're, we're looking into getting into that in the future, uh, but the cans right now are, are the main driver. Uh, we're looking into doing, we actually started testing some gin and tonics, Moscow mules. Basically the idea with that is, is we're not going to be going for the fresh citrus in these because you want to be able to buy a case and not worry about it, you know? Right. But with the gin and tonics, the Moscow mules, you don't have the fresh citrus. You can do a squeeze of lime on top of a Moscow mule, yeah. but it's really not, really not necessary for the drink. So those are the two that we're really excited about. And then we're also getting into all sorts of dessert drinks like espresso martinis and stuff like that. And you'll package those to go. That's right. Interesting. Interesting. Did you have kind of an aha moment? I mean, you came from bartending and then you came over to boardroom or did you come to boardroom for this specific um, role or did, were you there and then said, Hey, let's try something. Well, boardrooms actually partnered with uh, the owners at butcher and barkeep for our, our restaurant northbound in Souderton. And mid-pandemic, it was just absolutely chaos, obviously. Wine spirits were closed, and everybody was trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, have a good time in the, in the pandemic. So I pretty much just, uh, I had the choice of, am I going to work at my mom's law office, or am I going to go to the distillery down the street and just start making cocktails? And Marat, luckily, Marat, the owner of Boardroom here, luckily had the foresight to see where this could go and uh let me just keep making cocktails and we haven't stopped (laughs) way more fun than working at the law office i'll tell you that (laughs) yeah 
Nice, man. Cool. So what, what's next? Uh, anything additional that um, you want to talk about, cover, anything we should know? Uh, just keep a lookout for these new releases. We're doing seasonal releases all the time. Right now we got the Blueberry Blush and the Vanilla Peritini. Both of those are fantastic bottles. Those are both the seven to eight cocktails per bottle. And uh, get ready for the Moscow Mules and Gin and Tonics. And enjoy the vodka sodas. And especially what we've, been, what we've realized recently is we've been actually firing people up. So uh, we take our cranberry lime vodka soda. Okay. And we're now, I don't know if you're aware, but we're now producing a much superior cinnamon whiskey than Fireball yeah, right. called Fire Bear. Fire Bear, I have it. And we even have the minis, the 50 milliliter minis. Okay. So it's a shot and you jam that into your cranberry lime vodka soda and stick mm. a lime, stick a straw in there. And you got like a Michelada kind of situation. You watch, okay. you watch the, the Fire Bear drain into them and, and they're fantastic. People are loving that. Huh. I, I have all that at my house and I might have to try that. Highly recommended, especially like for the holiday season. Yeah, absolutely. We can order these online, right? Yep. We're going uh, with boardroomspirits.com. We're switching over from Square to our own website that we have hosted. Uh, and we're available Monday through Saturday at our drive through So it's real okay. easy. You, uh, I mean, you can put your order in, in advance or, you know, right when you're, when you're right in the parking lot, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It happens instantaneously. You just come right through our very safe drive through no touch situation. And we also do delivery within 48 hours, right to your house. And we'll be in wine and spirits soon, a hundred plus stores for the, for the vodka sodas. Um, our, obviously our spirits are already in there. Mm-hmm. And other than that, uh, more and more local establishments are starting to carry us. And as we get over this next looming lockdown, it looks like uh, people are going to be really ready to go. They need to stock up. The uh, I would think that your vodka sodas and cans would be perfect for like the golf course. Yeah, that's kind of like what I was talking about uh, as far as a lot of the a lot of the golf courses around here are looking especially towards the spring i think we're going to be all over there for you know cuz it's perfect for walking around and outdoors going out on the course can you tell me what the heck a groggy cat is so we took a classic recipe that uh i found it was it was like a, a british navy recipe Okay. Actually, from uh, I think it was from the 1800s, actually. But uh, grog was something that the sailors would drink. You know, they they would add a little bit of citrus and the rum and, you know, try and keep off scurvy. Uh, we added a little right. bit of a pine, pineapple twist. But the groggy cat, it was a special release when we released our line of rums. And it incorporated all three of our rums. The aged rum, which is fantastic. That's one of my favorite. Our white rum, the ship's cat rum, and our navy strength rum. All three of those went into the groggy cat with a little hint of pineapple, some lemon, and cinnamon. And it was fantastic. Dude, love it. 
And is that still available now or is that all sold out? That was just a seasonal release. So we've, okay. we've moved on from there, but, uh, but like I said, the vanilla Pertini blueberry blush are, are in season now and we're set to do uh, another seasonal release uh, just before Thanksgiving. Okay. Do you have your own, you know, I see boardroom spirits obviously has an Instagram and you guys do a lot of good things here, you know, uh, showing recipes, right? There's a Tom Collins recipe. There's a whole thing about fire bear and all that. Um, mm-hmm. you recently did the, the black widow, which looks super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. so for the listeners, that's fire bear, carrot spirit, uh, ginger mint, simple syrup, uh, you know, activated charcoal, egg white, lemon juice. I mean, it's no joke. Uh, the black widow. Yeah. That that's just a drink that you can make at home, uh, with our spirits. And, and if you want to, you know, take your home mixology to the next level and, yeah. and make those syrups and do the fresh juice. Uh, but no, you should be able to just shake that up and, and go. Okay. And your, uh, do you have your own Instagram where you make cocktails or would your uh, yeah. cocktails be made here on this, on this uh, Instagram? Uh, well, we do both, but, but my personal ones, uh, spirits in communion. Okay. And what do you do on there? Do you, are you doing uh, just cocktail, just yeah. cocktail shots? Yeah. I've been doing that for a while. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll check that out. Cool. All right, guys, we'll get out there and uh, place some orders. Um, when you see it on the golf course and other places go buy it. It's really good. I've had it, uh, what 99 calories in a can. I mean, you can't beat it. Yep. Yep. You can, you can chug them and stay fit. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're only 4%, right? So, you know, four and a half percent. So they're not going to exactly. on your ass. Sessionable. It's what four packs are like 1299. Yep. That's and we're insane. doing cases cases for uh, $58.99. That's insane. It's a great deal. Look at you. All right, man. Anything else you want to tell the people? That's it, Kyle. All right, cool. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time. Learned a lot today, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Cheers. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this valuable. Please follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And while you're at Apple, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. It helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there. Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty things.